Hey guys, welcome to another edition of the Inside Scoop. My name is Neil Crawford. I'm your host and also the founder of Anytime Soccer Training. By now you should know that Anytime Soccer Training is the only training application with well over 1,000 training videos that are 100% follow along and go step by step. Now I posted a lot of information on the Facebook group recently where I showed both extremes of how we use the product at home. The average video is less than five minutes. So that's where I recommend most, most kids start. Well, all videos are less than five minutes or 10 minutes, but I recommend most kids doing one or two a day, two or three days a week to get into the groove. Now on the other end of the spectrum, we use it as a total training solution with my older son and the kids at my clinic. And that can go from an hour to an, even an hour and a half session. And that actually is going to be a segue into today's show. Now, this show is an impromptu show that's a little bit off script because, because what I have started doing is writing out a script of what I'm going to say, and, and it kind of helps me get through it. But we've had a lot of good conversations on the Facebook group, a lot of debates, irritating debates, harsh debates, you know, everything. And that's fine. That's, I mean, that's kind of, you know, you can't be everything. That's me. That's my personality. But I really appreciate you guys participating, tolerating me, sharing your ideas, because even though you may not um, think it, I actually look, read this stuff and then reflect upon it. And I even talked to um, my sons about it as well. Um, never my wife. She thinks I'm crazy chatting with uh, strangers. Well, some of you are my friends now, but chatting with strangers on Facebook. But sometimes I'll talk to my boys about it and get their opinion. Okay. So that is a good segue into today's show. So this is just me talking off the cuff. I wanted to drop something really quickly just to touch base because I've been doing a lot of work behind the scenes. Um, so I may ramble a little bit because I don't have notes, but I just wanted to throw something out there really quickly. And the purpose of this show is actually because this is one of those ones where I'm speaking directly to my sons, because in previous shows, you, if you recall, part of the reason I'm doing this podcast is an audio diary for my boys to listen to when they become old enough to really understand what their crazy father was trying to do. And in addition to my sons, I happen now to be given various players rides to practice uh, carpooling and I forced them to listen to it as well. So they'll hear and we're gonna all discuss it later on today. And I hope this message can help at least one person out there listening who may be uh, struggling with what I'm about to say, or at or worst case scenario, this message helps someone who wants to avoid what I'm trying to say. They can share this with people and say, this is what I don't want you to do. And that's fine too. If I can help you, then, uh, you know, if I can ease your burden, then I'll do it any way I can. So now let's just jump into it. So I've had a lot of I've dropped a lot of um, bombs into the Facebook group lately because, um, and I haven't really done a good job of explaining this, but the first year was me trying to build trust with you guys and establish a, ba a relationship. So you know that behind the chatting and the talking at the end of the day, I'm just a family man trying to do the best for my kids. That's what you're trying to do. And, you know, don't, <laughs> don't let our social media, uh, conversations distract from that. I mean, it's really just, we just exchanging heated ideas about something that we're passionate about. And that's just kind of where we are. So the first year was about sort of building trust. Well, 
this year, we're going to get into even more detail about what I do. And I've, you know, for a long time, I've always known that most of the, I'm a contrarian person in the sense that most of the stuff I hear, it's not that I disagree with it, but I add a level of nuance that then makes it sound disagreeable. So, so we're going to start getting into some more heavier issues, some more controversial issues um, in a lot more detail. And so just, just expect that as well. And so one of the things I shared in the Facebook group that stimulated a lot of conversation, um, and thank you guys, because there's a lot of people in the group that are very worried about <laughs> the well-being of my child, and I really appreciate that, was I showed in a very long training session um, that I do with my son, um, Adam, and we have a whole thing. And I haven't gotten to the show where I talk about... Um, sort of all the things we do and why we do it this way. And I actually wrote a ebook slash ebook slash 10 part series that I need to dust off. And I'm going to republish that as well. That kind of goes into a lot more detail about what we do, why we do it. It's almost like a, a, a manifesto, if you will. Well, those conversations made me think about something that I wanted to drop really quickly. And I'm again, I'm talking directly to my sons and the kids that are in the car with us and then in and your family as well. But I'm really talking to them as an audio diary. It made me think of something that I wanted to drop here today. And, and here's the thesis. It has become clear to me. And this is a generalization, but still, it's become clear to me that people are not comfortable talking about what it takes to become elite at something until after the fact. So I, I said a lot there, so let me repeat that. It's become clear to me that the average person is not comfortable talking about especially the details of what it takes to be elite at something like separate yourself from the pack be highly skilled or very accomplished at something until after the fact after the success has happened and it doesn't matter if it's sport business any vocation you choose and there, there are a lot of reasons for that. And there are a lot of good reasons for that. But I want to unpack that for my son. So, so let me give you an example so you might be able to picture it. It's well known. Uh, this is a high profile example. It's well known that um, Bill Gates dropped out of college to pursue creating Microsoft. He, he was in Ivy League school drops out, no degree to pursue a business that was a startup. And, you know, I wasn't there. Most of the people listening here were not there, but I can imagine that he received a tremendous amount of criticism because you're giving up a sure thing, which is a great college education, which is going to lead to what most people consider to be a great job in order to pursue something that is uncertain that only you have, you and your partner have a vision for. And if I were able to talk to him, he probably thought, you know what, this is a unique opportunity and I have the ability 
to take my vision and transform the world. And then if this thing works and becomes wildly successful, I'm going to be able to use my purse for good at a mat at an order of magnitude that I could never have dreamed of had I just gotten a nine to five and worked for someone. But at the time, people looking at him probably would have told him he was crazy. This is this. What are you talking about? You can you can finish school and then pursue this opportunity. Kobe Bryant is well known for his extreme discipline and work ethic. Arrives early to practice, stays late. When teams are having vacations, when teams are visiting family, he's in the gym. My hypothesis is that didn't start when he once he became an NBA player. These are values that he had even as a child. My hypothesis is he learned some of those values from his parents, one of which was also a professional player. But if I went back in time and talked to his dad at that moment or listened to conversations with his dad, I am sure they received a lot of criticism. You played in the NBA. You can't force your kid to want to be, I mean, you played professionally. You can't force your kid to want to follow your footsteps. Why are you putting this kind of pressure on him? Let him choose his path, right? Most kids don't want to do this, blah, blah, blah. You're going to burn him out. You're going to hate, you're going to make him hate basketball. Uh, you're going to stifle the love that he has for the game uh, because you're doing all this stuff. You're putting a lot of pressure on him. I'm sure they got that criticism. And don't get me wrong. Again, we're not talking about right, morally right or wrong. We're just saying this is the world we live in. And I want to prepare you for what you're going to, for the responses that you're going to receive as you get older, right? So an example, so, so then what I end up saying to people is, and this is what I wanna be clear to you about is, let me give you another example of what I'm saying. If I said to you, so Adam, you're 12 years old. If I said to you, there is a 100% chance that in 10 years, you're gonna be invited to a two week trial with Manchester United, U23 team. Guaranteed. Matthew, in 13 years, you're going to be invited to a two-week trial at Manchester United's under-23 team. And they're going to assess your technical ability, your, um, your physical ability, your speed, your decision-making, um, your grit, your strength. They're going to assess all that in in 10 years. And if you do well at that trial, you're going to get a contract to play for Manchester United. If I said this is 100% guaranteed, my question would be, let's get out a piece of paper. On the right, on the left side, let's write out the things you're doing now towards that goal. Whatever you're doing now, let's write that out. And then on the right side, let's write out what you would do differently if you knew this, if this opportunity was 100%. There's a 100% chance this opportunity is going to present themselves. What would you do differently? And whatever you write on the right side, you need to start doing that right now. Whatever you would do differently, if you knew this opportunity was there, you should start doing it right now. And if you got anything on the left side that's inconsistent from a soccer perspective, uh, inconsistent with that goal, you should consider either uh, 
doing less of it or or um, ignoring it. You take me, for example. If you come to me and say, hey, Neil, in 10 years, there's going to be a billion-dollar hedge fund looking for soccer training apps, and there you're going to have an opportunity to pitch for them. What would you do differently if you knew that was coming? Well, whatever that is, I need to start doing it right now. I need to do it right now. And this gets into the realm. And again, I'm talking to my um talking to my um sons. <laughs> this gets into the realm of politics. This gets into the realm of education. You have a lot of people saying, if you move this barrier, if you move that barrier, if you switch that around, if you did this, we talk soccer. If it wasn't pay to play, if if US soccer wasn't doing this, whatever it is that you when they move that barrier, whatever it is that you would be doing, do that right now. And what am I trying to say? You cannot base your actions. You cannot base your effort. You cannot base on your mindset on what you perceive to be the probability of a finite outcome. Or not finite, sorry, specific outcome. The chances of my business being successful at the level of some investor, uh, some hedge fund investing in it, is so small that it's incalculable. But I can't live like that. I can't, I, I, I can't function like that. I have to act as if it's going to happen. My father used to say, do give 80 hours worth of effort for a 40 dollar page 40 hour paycheck you can't base how much effort and how hard you work on something on what people or what on what you see right now you have to base it on what you want this is how you become successful and this has nothing to do with soccer we're talking about soccer right now I'm giving you examples right now that you understand, but you're going to grow and you're going to change. And you're going to have other uh, interests. And I want you to be able to leverage these lessons that you're learning now through sport. I want you to be able to leverage those in anything you do. Take it from someone who has hired people. When I see certain things on their resume, I say, okay, this, this young lady or this woman or this man if they made it through this i know they got transferable skills it ain't got nothing to do with what we ask them to do but i know that in order to get through this process right here because i know enough people who have gone through that process there's some transferable skills that had to at least go through your ear and out of the other at least once you had to hear something and i want you to be able to say Boy, by getting through IDF for 10 years or getting through club soccer or getting through robotics, whatever training or whatever it is, I now have a foundation that I can use to leverage on anything else I want. People don't like talking about the process unless it's after the result has been accomplished. They don't want to hear the um, you the real MVP speech from someone who is 14 because they ain't done it yet. 
They only want to hear it after the person is the MVP. But you have to think like an MVP right now. And then you have to be wise enough to understand that we are only using this particular area of sport to instill some of those values while also being fun. And that means the, the moment that the work and the effort that you put in is not worth the rewards that you're getting, not 10 years from now, but tomorrow, then you need to raise your hand and say, hey, thank you, but I don't want to do this at this level. And that's fine. I used to play baseball and I used to play American football. And when I became a sophomore, I told my dad, I don't want to play these two sports because football, you had to be out there in August, two days, um, doing two a days in the hot sun. I knew I wasn't going to go to college. And then baseball, it got boring to me. So I didn't want to play. I just wanted to focus on basketball. No problem. Fine. I don't care. And that's how I feel about soccer. I don't care about that. But, but, but competitive soccer is not a birthright, right? You don't, this is not a birthright. This is a privilege that only a small percentage of the popula population of kids get to enjoy. And with that comes a higher level of responsibility. But you know that I am level-headed enough to say to you, we got rec, we got challenge, you've earned the right, you can play IDF and do nothing, that, I mean, do nothing extra, that's fine. We got too many ways to enjoy soccer than trying to be at these ultra-competitive levels and not having the mindset or the skills or the work ethic to compete. It starts with the way you think. It starts with having a consistent discipline that is not based on any particular probability of a specific outcome. The things I'm going to do with you today, I would do with you if I lived in England and it was no pro real. I mean, there was no pay to play. The things I'm going to do with you today, I would do with you if there was no IDF football club. The things I'm going to do with you today, I would do if you were on a team, not on a team, whatever. As long as you wanted to get better at soccer. And the moment you say, dad, the reward that I get, scoring all these goals, dribbling past five and six kids, and everybody asking me how old I am, the moment that is not worth the, the work, or we need to recalibrate the work based on your what your goals are, that's fine. But just remember, you will likely fail. This is harsh, but it's the reality. And people are fearful of that. They don't like talking about things that you work so hard to get that you will likely fail at. They don't like talking about it. They just don't like talking about it. They only want to talk about those types of risks after they know the outcome it's almost like and i'll leave you with this it's almost like if you're watching a movie and uh uh it's sad the um the, um, the star or the actors or actresses going through a lot of hardship at the end is a, it's normally 
a happy ending. There are a few that are not, but in general, it's, it's a happy ending. That's intentional. It makes us feel good. But the reality is the ending will likely for you or me or whatever will likely be a happy one, but we may not, it, we may not get that rainbow at the end of the, uh, I'm sorry, that pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. And that's okay. And if you're not comfortable with that, competitive sport, entrepreneurship, that is the wrong thing to be in. If you not comfortable with failure, if you're not comfortable with trying your best, giving everything you got, and then somebody else comes in town who is twice as good, twice as fast, twice as accurate, and just blows you out. If you're not comfortable with that, then this is the wrong thing to do because you need to find something else that, but this ain't it. If I'm not comfortable with losing all my money, failing on my face, People laughing at me. Oh, you was talking all this stuff about this business. Where, but if you're not comfortable with that, then entrepreneurship is the wrong thing to get into. If you're not comfortable with criticism, well, man, we at the mall, and and why are you out there with your dad um, doing these sessions when you could be out here playing with the doing it? If that ain't, if that's not your your style, this is the wrong thing to get into. And that brings me to my final point. There is nothing or almost nothing, especially at a high level or a major accomplishment that you can achieve that doesn't have these three factors to some degree. There's nothing that doesn't have, that doesn't require these three factors or include these three factors at some degree. Sacrifice a level of risk and a disciplined process or disciplined actions. So if you, if someone's trying to explain to you what their process is to achieve a certain goal, and, and I'm going to get into this when I do, I'm going to do a podcast on um, intellect, intellectual honesty, but if they try to explain to you their process to achieve the same goal, a high goal, so we talked about Manchester United, if someone came to me and said, I have a process that's also going to get me that same trial opportunity at Manchester United in 10 years, as I listen to them, I have to identify, or it would you you would likely be able to identify what sacrifices are they making what risk are they taking and what level of discipline is required and all of those things can vary right as a matter of fact it's kind of subjective you a sacrifice to you may not be a sacrifice to someone else a risk to you you may have more risk tolerance or less risk tolerance so let, let's so a sacrifice is obviously the time commitment right you there are things you got you'd rather do that you can't but there's a there's a risk factor that a lot of risk factors that people talk about that we that they're right when they bring these up and we need to be clear out about them as a family me as a parent and you as the individual who is doing it right so one risk factor a big risk factor and we're going to talk about this in another show as well is you're going to say hey dad you won't articulate it like this but you will basically say through your actions had you not done this when i was this age 
I would still be doing this longer. That's a major risk factor. And that is a risk factor that we have to grapple with every day, right? And so it requires me to communicate with you and me to listen to you, you to communicate and you to listen. And then we all have the courage. Well, you have the courage to be straight up. Hey, I need a break or, hey, I need this or, hey, I'm feeling this way. And the same thing for me and the same thing for your mom. But you have to remember that people who haven't seen the accomplishment yet, people who may or may not be visionaries in this regard, or people who may not prioritize sport in the same way you do, they're only going to point out the risk factors, right? They're only going to tell you about, the, using the Bill Gates example, they're only going to tell you what happens to people who drop out of college. These are risk factors. They're not, this is, and this is fine. This is right. They're only going to tell you about overdoing it. But that's one component and it's an important component, but anything worth having at this level has risk factors that need to be mitigated. They're not gonna ask you how you plan to mitigate those risk factors. That's not typically how the conversation goes. They just tell you those random risk factors as a way to persuade you to change course or change actions. But if your eye is on the proverbial prize, whatever it is, you have to take in what people say, apply what they say to what you're doing, but remember you have a certain set of goals that in, in a vision that may not be their vision and their goals for you. So um, that's it, guys. Thank you for listening. Sorry, thank you for listening to my rat rant this is neil crawford anytime soccer training i'm gonna post this to the facebook group i'm gonna share this out i would love to hear your thoughts this was just raw something on my mind that i wanted to share with my boys give us something to laugh at and joke and, and uh listen to on the car ride to and from practice let's get better together